Thanks for joining us here. Wagerager, D-Nice. We've got the quad pod. We have actually a recorded segment this week. We've got JJ in my top left. I don't know how it is for you guys, but JJ's top left. We've got Tasty bottom left. Yanni on the bottom right. My ugly mug on the top right. Tasty, what's going on? I hit the record button this week so we can talk all about your Vikings. I mean, honestly, I feel like this week is already a win at this point. Yeah, you know, we got the recording happening and we got four of us here. I mean, what else do you really need? We don't need anything else. JJ, last week, I was having all sorts of issues with uh, technology and just <laughs> my brain. But I think, JJ, it was good that we didn't record it because we actually had probably out of all the 10 weeks of the year, the most amount of wrong takes and wrong bets last week. So it's good that you didn't hear that one, JJ, because I was really far off last week. <laughs> I hear everything, whether it's recorded or not. Hear everything. Yanni, it's good to have your partner, JJ, back here. I actually did a solo podcast last week, Yanni, and I reiterated what we talked about. And I said that I think Josh Allen sits and he didn't sit, Yanni. He played. Yanni, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good because we're all together. And, you know, I, I just have to add that I, I know what you're saying about not recording last week. I went 27 and 0, which oh. I talked about. <laughs> um, I just, just want to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> 27 and 0, completely missed it. That, you're that not supposed fault. to bet more than five games a day, dude. <laughs> oh, I that's saw right. It on the I, internet. That's Capital right. I five. forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot. Hey, just so you guys know, I have a good play minus two sixty five. I think we can get on board with it. Let's do it, dude. That's, it kills me. Sounds sweet. It it yeah. Um, if they win, then sign me up. If they lose, like Twitter's killing me these days. And we'll talk about the NFL in like a minute and a half here. But Twitter's killing me. And there's a ton of parody accounts. And look, we're not perfect, and I do plenty of dumb shit. But some of these handicappers, quote unquote that are going out there and posting these things that I know there's no research behind it. And don't, don't give me minus two sixty five on the money line, because if it loses, it's like, okay, what was your methodology there? And tasty. I'm pretty sure that it was just um, pick things out of fucking thin air. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but if it's minus two sixty five, that means that team is a big favorite to win. Fuck. So how would they lose if they're that big of a favorite? I think that's how you approach those things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that logic dictates that a minus 250 or above at home is an automatic lock. So it's automatic. We're going to try to bring you better knowledge and some better bets this week. Let's get into it. JJ, thanks for coming back. Uh, You need a job that doesn't dictate all of your Wednesday evenings working on it so i appreciate you coming back how about we do a quick exercise just all try to warm up here let's all go around the horn and rank our current top four teams in the nfl and you don't even need a lot of description just one to four there's a lot of things that happened last week you had the undefeated eagles go down you had the bills go down you had the dolphins win again and you had the chiefs win again jj if you had to rank the four on the spot welcome back thanks i go I can't decide between KC or Buffalo, but I've got them up there pretty highly. I have, I still have Dallas kind of high. I've got Philly high. That would be my top five. Uh, Did I give you four or five? You probably gave me about 18. Well, I'm afraid Uh, to sort my, I'm afraid to sort my thing and, and uh, screw up the whole table. So how about that thought that that's a good top five ish or so tasty. Take those teams or take your teams and put together your top four right now. If you want to do a five, then go for five too. And now I don't know what to do. If I should do four or five, I guess just I'll do just start whatever you want. A I'll tie for we'll fourth. If there's a tie up. for fourth and great. All right. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it feels like a tougher question, but mine, it's going to be similar uh, to what JJ had. And it's a theme for me this week of, I feel like people are massively overreacting now. Uh, this was like overreaction week. It feels like, so I'm still going to go, um, I'll put, I'm going to put Buffalo first still. Uh, and then I'm going to go Kansas city, Philadelphia. And then I have Minnesota and Miami, um, after that, which I may be overreacting to Minnesota. Um, but I feel like they have the chance to keep improving is kind of where I'm at with that. Yep. No. Um, 
Totally and man, agree. Miami, if they can play some defense, that offense is dangerous for sure. So that is a very good top list. I'll do mine and then we'll go to Yanni for my top five. I'm still going to put the Bills at number one. I know they have three losses. I know they're not even in first place in their division right now. I still have the Bills at number one. And to me, when I do these, it's more about, you know, where you're at right now, but also where I think you're going and the upside. I still think the Bills get the one seed. I expect them. Actually, I'm going to stop talking because I'll fucking jinx something. But the Bills are one. I'm going to put the Chiefs at number two because I think they're right behind them. Could the Chiefs get the one seed? Yes, they certainly could. But at least the Bills have that tie break. At three, it gets tough. I'm still going to put Philly at three. But there's teams breathing down their necks, and we'll talk about this team in depth this week as they're playing the Colts because I think that there are teams such as the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Niners call it right there in that four or five tied for four spots. So we'll put Philly at three. I'm going to do (laughs) – I'm actually going to do Minnesota at four because of the upside, and I like what they're doing right now. If they can put up 30-some points a game, and they're not going to do it every week, then I believe in Kirk Cousins and I believe in that team. And who knows, they could have home field advantage as well. And then in that five spot, tied for fifth, Tasty, to your point, I'm kind of on Dallas, Miami. I'm going to give the Niners the nod right now in that five seed. But it, it's really jumbled up. And I think I just fucking listed 18 teams. Yanni. Uh, who is your top four or five? <laughs> Don't feel bad about that. I got to tell you really quick. I saw a I saw a power a power ranking, and it um it had honestly teams nineteen to thirty two. As far as I was concerned, you could put them in any order, and <laughs> right. I would I, I mean I right. wouldn't have argued with anything. So I think yeah. there is a lot of parity, and I think there's even parity at the top. So I think it's okay to have multiple teams right now. But I'll say this, to your point, I think as I look at, it depends what you're doing with your power rankings. Are we talking about today? Are we talking about potential? Are we talking about what could happen in the playoffs? If we're going what I consider pure power rankings, which is neutral field, um, assuming teams are basically you know healthy, whatever, I, mine's going to be similar to your guys. I'm going to have KC number one. Okay. I'm going to have uh, Buffalo number two. I'm going to have your Eagles number three. I'm going to have Miami number four and then Minnesota number five. Um, and that that's where I'm at right now. And then to, just to cap it off, I have San Francisco number six. And then I think there's a drop off after that, in my opinion. Okay. So Yanni got his out in about 37 seconds. It took me about 37 minutes. And I listed every team besides the Steelers and the, and the Lions. Sorry, JJ. <laughs> I didn't have your... Detroit. Oh, no, no. Beautiful lines in there. Um, Good stuff all around, but no. Winning team. Winning team. Yeah. Two in a row now. Yeah, they had a nice comeback win against Hot Justin Street. Fields, who's Yanni's new favorite player. <laughs> he was very good at DFS. Credit they won to by a missed extra point. That's just spectacular. That's how they drew it up. Yeah. Just how you drew it up. Credit to Yanni with the Justin Fields player of the week on DFS. Made some people money. JJ made you money, made me money. And the lineup that I switched out last minute for, I switched out Trevor Lawrence because I wanted to kind of have a different lineup. Switch out Trevor Lawrence for Justin Fields. That didn't do as well. So I should just had Justin Fields all the way around. So good stuff on a week where I did not have a lot of good bets. Thanks to Yanni and credit to him. The DFS was good. Um, Okay. Good segment there, and we're going to go into – actually, I'll top line this real quick and just say that the games that we will get to shortly here are Vikings-Cowboys. That's an awesome game. Bills-Browns, there might be six feet of snow on the ground. Eagles-Colts, Colts with their undefeated coach. Eagles no longer undefeated. Chiefs-Chargers, who gave the Chargers back-to-back Sunday Night Football primetime slots. I don't know if I love that. Before we get to that, though, we're going to go WTF. We're going to go WTF, and I'm going to nominate someone to go first here. We'll start WTF with Yanni. What are you saying? What the fuck on this week? Besides me not recording the podcast last week. <laughs> I I got a WTF here that's a little bit off script. And look, just like us, there are a lot of people out there that like to handicap games, rank teams, etc. And I try not to... 
I try not to shit on anybody with what they're doing because I'm not a know-it-all. I'm not perfect, but I got to give a WTF to Mike Florio. He's got the Giants ranked as the fourth best team in the NFL. I saw that. And, I saw and that. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like at some point you got to draw the line and say, you know what? We can sit here and argue about is it the Dolphins, the Niners, the Eagles, whatever. But the Giants, come on. I understand that they're a, an improved football team. We talked about it. They have a good record. But come on, that that's just what the fuck. You can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah, like maybe he'll he'll you know crack your top ten. Like maybe you can have him crack the top ten. Flurio, that pompous ass, has him at number four overall. <laughs> Tasty, what do you think in WTF this week? Man, I don't have anything awesome. I'm going back to the well this week uh, with a little bit of a spin. So my what the Go fuck is NFL officials once again. But this time, here's what I don't get is that face mask in. I'm just going to isolate that play in that Eagles commanders game. That play has as much of an effect on what happens in that game as a whole bunch of shit that gets reviewed, but they can't review that. Now, I'm not usually a huge fan of review because it takes them like 27 minutes to review a play that everybody else can see on TV in 15 seconds. So I don't want to slow down games more. But I feel like the NFL needs to either review all the stuff that changes games or just let it go because they're picking and choosing a few things. And then you have a game changing play that you can't do anything about that was right in front of an official's face and he didn't call it. And it's, yeah, I mean, I think it makes it harder too when many people like us are bet. I mean, it sucks anyway, but you're betting on these games and you you're losing money because an official won't throw a flag that's right in front of his face. Like, it, it's just rough. It was pretty rough, pretty rough for me as a Philly fan, pretty rough for people that were on Philly, pretty rough for people that have in fantasy. If you have Dallas Goddard, he's out for foreseeable future, like at least four weeks like that. That's a, a rough play. I think that the NFL and I don't have any inside sources at all, but I, I would have to think that they're they're going to take a long look in terms of like what they're doing here because they've kind of teetered on some things. They had pass interference as being reviewable, right? And then they kind of took it back. And I think plays an overreaction. Yeah. A play like that, I think you should have reviewable. But Tasty, to your point also, I hate it when they spend like six minutes trying to review a play that doesn't even matter. It's like, okay, he's either in the end zone or he's not. Um, JJ, first time back in a while. Do you have a WTF for us? Do you well, have anything? I didn't have any have any Zach Taylor beef this weekend. Yeah. Um, so that we won't go back to that well. Honestly, I mean, I want to go with the New Orleans Saints as being my WTF, but it's really myself. What the fuck, JJ? Why do I keep betting the Saints? It's just like an addiction. My wife is going to leave me if I keep this up. So I have to stop <laughs> betting on the Saints. I have no luck with them whatsoever. Felt great that there was some weird plus one. There's That was should have been a really bad sign. But, um, yeah, terrible effort at um, Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh played, you know, really fantastic defense with, um, you know, Watt back. But, I mean, there was just terrible bat, terrible, terrible side. Uh, So, WTF, JJ. Well, if you're interested, the Saints are only favored by three right now at DraftKings against the Rams this weekend. So, if you want to keep this going, just keep on dialing it up. You could bet the Saints because it's hard hard to resist – no, it's having yeah, I know a it bet is, so. on Andy Dalton, who is their starter and continues to be their starter. No, but I say what the fuck on them too because I have some futures of Saints over. I forget what their win total was. Was it eight, eight and, and a half? half. Yeah. Eight and a half. That's not happening. And we were talking about I, how you know maybe they could push the Bucks if Tampa has a down year. Tampa's having a down year. They're they're not pushing the Bucks at all. It's the Falcons, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one takeaway, if you will, from the game at Pittsburgh was they were actually getting pushed around and, and Haji Harris was running on them. Uh, the, they had a running game against the saints, which was a little, I don't know. I, I didn't expect that um, certainly, but they had no punch. They had no heart, you know, so that, I mean, that's, that's what it came down to. That's it. That's it. How about we talk about the games now? Let's talk about the games. First game of the week. I have Vikes and Dallas listed first, but I'm going to try to be a good host and go in the order of games played. So I think of the games that I listed in the order of how they're listed 
on unabated in terms of the betting odds. We've got 453, 454 Browns at Bills. The Bills are currently favored by eight. You can find an expensive seven and a half here on Wednesday evening at FanDuel. Over under on this game, 41 and a half. And I think that's the over under forecast of how much snow is going to fall in terms of inches in Orchard Park in the next few days. And it could go over. I know that we all have a lot to say, but I'm just going to go to Yanni first because this is his team. I know it was a rough loss last week. This is a spot where hopefully that they can get right. I mean, I'm going to leave it up to you because there's a number of questions that, that I could ask here. You know, what'd you think of Josh Allen? What'd you think about that game? How do you see this whole season going? But in terms of this game right here, minus eight at 41 and a half with a ton of snow, Yanni, what are your thoughts? And did you do anything with this game yet? So I did. I was one of those square bettors that bet the under when it was still at 44, um, knowing that that would drop down. Um, but, you know, as it sits right now, beyond that, it, to me, it's unbettable because of the X factor of the weather there. I, you know, if they said we're moving this game to Detroit, they did that five, six years ago when the Bills had a blizzard there. I think you could say to me, this would be a potential bounce back game. Um, Josh Allen's actually, other than this last week against the Vikings, he's, I want to say nine and three against the spread coming off a loss. So he generally bounces back. The team generally bounces back. And I, I think that they, they're, they're going up against a Browns team that I think is kind of in this weird transition where Jacoby Brissett's winding it down. Um, their playoff hopes are basically done at this point. And I, I don't know, kind of to JJ's point about the Saints, I don't know how much fight they're going to have in them. The one plus they have is they do have Nick Chubb, um, and the Bills are, are not great at stopping the run, primarily because their defensive coordinator wants to play nine defensive backs at all time, no matter who they're playing. Um, so Chubb could have a big game. The, the Browns' path to victory here is they have to get an early lead. If they can do that, they can, you know, shorten the game. They can lean on Chubb, hope that maybe the Bills make some mistakes again, that kind of a thing. If they get behind like they did against Miami, they're toast. I mean, they got behind early against Miami. Nick Chubb ended up with, I think, 11 carries on the game. They're, they're not going to beat anybody playing that style. So it really depends kind of on, on how the Browns start the game early. But again, to me, it's unbettable because of that weather factor. I would say that normally I would tease the bills down. They're at a perfect number to get them, you know, minus one and a half minus two, but that weather is too, too variable for me. So I'm going to pass on this. I mean, maybe we'll see one of those fun games where, you know, people are sliding around and whatever. I actually don't like it as a bills fan because I no. think this level. Yeah. Levels the it playing field. For levels the it out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not thrilled about that, but it's a pass from a betting standpoint for me at this point, unless we find out for sure what's going on with the weather. Yep. This is kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, they're coming in with three losses. It's a good bounce back spot. They're by far the better team, but depending on the snow and it does look like that the heaviest of the snow could be done by Sunday. It looks like a disaster from basically tomorrow on Thursday through Sunday morning. And there could be parts that get up to 50 inches of snow. Who knows what they're going to get. I spent a year in Buffalo and Orchard Park always got drilled. It was Orchard Park, Hamburg, forget another town down there. It used to get drilled off the lake. That has nothing to do with anything except that if that does occur, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, okay, the Browns are in this game. The Bills it's not that they can't take another loss, but if something goes against them here, it's like, well, you got Miami just hanging in there. Uh, the forecast here, Tasty, says lake effect snow warning, one to three feet of snow. And I actually saw two to four feet earlier, but that was in a different location, I think, to the north. Tasty, it, it looks a little bit wild in Buffalo right now. I still might tease this game, though, Tasty. Have you done anything? No, I haven't either. Um, I, I'm man. I think I will end up not doing anything with this game, most likely. <laughs> However, a couple thoughts: if the snow does taper off enough where they can clear off the field, the reality is they have the equipment that if it's not a blizzard at the time of the game, they can get at least the the bulk of the snow cleared off the field. If that happens, I have a little bit of interest in the over, especially if it keeps moving down. 
um, yes. because I think that it's like JJ I, I think that. Cleveland might be able to run the ball here, but Cleveland's defense, as we saw at Miami last week, has been incredibly suspect, and that's being pretty kind. And so as long as there, there's not high winds or a bunch of snow coming down during the game, I'm interested in the over. And then I hate to say it, but especially in the cold, if the weather's bad, I'm actually, I would consider teasing the Browns up actually um, more than the bills down. Like, I think the line is pretty, I I'm with Yanni. I wouldn't want to bet it where it currently stands on either side, but I do think that if the Browns are able to run the ball, they can just keep this game kind of semi close, like around that touchdown mark. I doubt I'll end up doing it, but that's just where I'd lean if I had to pick one way to go. Don't hate that. If the weather does clear out, they have all the machinery in the world there. I'll take a look at the um, stats here and just take a look at the bills and say, okay, leader in the NFL at 6.5 yards per play, leader in third down conversion percentage of 53%, fourth fastest pace in the NFL. If they can clear that field, I'm going to look at all of that and I might taste or taste it, (laughs) taste it, taste it, tease it, tease it, tease it down and hit the over. JJ, do you plan on tasting it or teasing it? Tasting it. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not looking to do that. But what I was, I I'm seriously considering <laughs> the over. The, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, you got to keep your eye on it because it is a storm, and you know how it is when you live here. When we get snowstorms, it's like, well, you know, it's gonna, it might be there around two o'clock, you know, and and. Things are off by hours. It's pretty imperfect to say the least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially on the lake, and it's impossible at times to predict that lake effects. It just keeps coming in in waves. Normal, normal like weather fronts that move from west to east across the country or northwest to south. You know, whatever. You know, those are fairly predictable. Except you know, like summertime and stuff. This is different. You know, snowstorms are different. So it's definitely not something that I want to get involved in now, but what I'm thinking about is the over, if it still stays around 41, I don't think it's going to go down any further, No. but I look at windy. I look at dark sky, you know, the, the snow is supposed to stop overnight the night before the game, but you know, how does Buffalo's used to a lot of snow, but we're talking about logistics, um, you know, in and out of the stadium and it's looking like pretty, like a foot of snow on Saturday before that. So, you know, it's still going to be going pretty heavy going into it. But again, like Tasty says, if they can clear the field, there's no major hiccups in pulling off the game. Um, then the other thing is obviously the wind and we've talked about it. Everybody's heard about it. It's the 20 mile an hour and over sustained winds right now. And again, imperfect, um, sitting here four days out, but it's looking like sustained 15, 16, 17 between 10 a.m., 4 p.m., but gusts in the 30s. So, you know, oh. while wind is a factor, I think, you know, I think you have to evaluate whether the move that we saw from what 47 Monday morning down to 41 and a half. That's a hell of um, a move down. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a move. So I mean, is there is there a little bit of value in in that move being a little too much for a cleared field with wins in the teens with two teams that can move the ball, you know, on the ground, you know, Cleveland can, can move the ball on the ground and Buffalo can move the ball no matter what. So um, I think it's still kind of an interesting proposition. Leave it to me to start off the podcast with a game that has a questionable forecast and just questions yep. all over the place. But handicap that. What is not a question is that regardless of what happens here, the Bills on a short week next week playing on Turkey Day early. So if they could get right here, get to seven wins, then get another win on Turkey Day, all of a sudden that that stink of not stink, but just like the bad whatever of that loss is is hopefully gone and you're well on your way again to that one seed there yanni so let's stay tuned on that forecast let's go to next in order of games my eagles will talk eagles and colts jeff saturday coming in there was a lot of blowback about having him hired as coach like there were some people in the league see cower on the I pre-game. didn't see what Cowher I, said. I actually caught that. I usually don't watch the you know pre-games or whatever. Saw what Joe Thomas said, but not Cowher. Yeah, yeah. He he went on a tirade about not hiring from within and all that. And you know whether he's right or wrong, it is kind of messed up that Saturday pulled it off and you know really kind of you know put their foot on their throat there a little bit. <laughs> perhaps it's a bad hire, but also perhaps 
Hiring McDaniels on the Raiders is a worse hire. <laughs> Perhaps that's the real issue here. Perhaps yeah, that's the and real that was issue. A, and that was a quote-unquote thought-out decision, too. Yeah. So. And now they don't want to fire him because they got to pay him money. Man, they paid Gurdon so much, and he went <laughs> off on his tirades and got canceled. And who knows what McDaniels is going to do next except lose games. But this game, the Birds and the Colts, Eagles coming off that brutal Monday Night Football loss, as we talked about. The refs weren't that good, but guess what? The Eagles weren't that good either. They gave up lots of third-down conversions to the commies, to the commanders. Heineke looks like he's going to be their starter, at least for now, hopefully for the rest of the year, because nobody in Washington actually wants wins. All right, trying to tell myself to focus on this game. The Eagles are favored by seven currently, six and a half some books. It's kind of teetering around. You can get an expensive six and a half at FanDuel and at Bet Online, looking at an over-under of 44. 44 in a dome is an interesting number, Tasty, for a Colts team that I think I know what they're going to do is try to run the ball, try to expose that lack of run defense. And the Eagles, who, you know, up until last week, and they even did put up quite a few points last week, they just had all those turnovers. That over-under at 44, is that looking like something you want to get involved with? Or maybe an Eagles bet or a Colts bet. Tasty, take it from here. Uh, I didn't know Colts bet would be an option on this program without getting picked off. So <laughs> Colts bet is definitely an option, especially with the future Hall of Fame coach Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, a few things on this game that that are maybe not the deepest of dives in terms of of stats, but that are playing into how I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> yeah. Number one, like we just went through and all of us put Philadelphia in our top four still. This is what I'm talking about with the overreactions. For this line to be under seven is crazy to me on both sides. Like a week ago, before the last two games, Indianapolis was dead and buried. And I know that Matt Ryan is playing quarterback again now, so the savior is back. But Philadelphia was top two or three in the league in most people's estimation. This line, I, I would guess this line would have been eight and a half, nine, nine and a half last week. And now we're under a touchdown. To me, that's crazy. So I like I didn't bet it yet. I probably should have already. I looked at it earlier today and was going to do it and just haven't done it yet. But I like the Eagles at seven or less here for sure. Now, I will say one concern for me is that Washington was able to run the ball on them and they had a really hard time stopping it. Um, D, you would know better than I would. I don't remember the name of their like the run stuffer inside who's been injured um Jordan Davis so Jordan Davis is out for a bit yes yeah okay so so I think that's a problem I did see they picked up Linval Joseph which as a former Viking I have to approve of a Linval Joseph (laughs) who knows what he's got left but he's a big body at least yeah he's a big boy all right yeah he's a big boy yeah but but I think that that's helpful for them because I think they do have talent on the defensive line but I think they could use somebody to just kind of hold the line and not allow the space um because Jonathan Taylor had a decent game last week. If they feed him the ball a ton, which it seems like they're going to want to do to me, that's the one danger area in this game for the Eagles is that Jonathan Taylor gets going and they're able to control the clock and eat away the game. Sort of. I mean, the time of possession between Washington and Philadelphia was astronomically bad. Two to one. If the Colts can duplicate that. Yeah. That, that would be the way that I think the Eagles don't cover this spread or even lose the game. But I just have to go back to where we were at with these two teams. And and yes, there's shine on Jeff Saturday because he won one game against the cursed Las Vegas Raiders. Great job. He's still like, and I don't have a problem with them hiring him, but it doesn't mean I think he's going to be successful. So I think this is a big mismatch. I think seven or less is a gift. I like it. And I like hearing that. Yanni, I'm looking at first half points per game right now. Number one in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles at 19.4. Did they hiccup a little bit last week? I think they, they only had 14 in the first half last week. Indianapolis Colts dead last at 5.5. Now, you can't just look at that in general because you have to look at how the teams match up. And Yanni, I'm pretty sure that what the Colts are going to do and what Tasty touched on is Jonathan Taylor, run him, run him, run him. And if they can dictate that pace of play, The blueprint is out there and the commanders, they did run the ball well, but if you look at the stats, like, Oh, well, they only averaged 3.1 yards per rush. It's like, okay, they ran it effectively. They stuck to it and it kind of opened up the pass and play action. And that's how Heineke got it done. Maybe the Colts can do the same here. Yanni, have you gotten involved? 
So not yet, uh, but I will get involved on this game uh, in probably a few different facets here. I I think, I, first of all, I agree with Tasty. This line a week ago was 10 and a half. So we've gone from 10 and a half to six and a half on, on what? I mean, I, I to me, the only thing I can factor in is Matt Ryan playing quarterback, which, it, you know, is he worth four points? I don't know. I mean, Ellinger was obviously completely ineffective. So maybe having a veteran quarterback there makes a difference. But I just I can't see that line movement. And, and to Tasty's point, being less than a touchdown and not seeing the Eagles bounce back. Now, to your point, I also like them again in the first half. And I will say that with full transparency that I bet them the last two weeks on the first half and they have not covered. Yeah. Um, So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I'm probably going to try it one more time and see if they burn me a third time here. Cause to your point, they start out strong. The Colts, you know, generally don't. Um, I think this game is interesting because really this Indianapolis team is similar to that Washington team in terms of kind of how they're built there. There are some similarities there. The one thing that I think helps Philly, though, is Indy doesn't really have that that vertical passing threat like Washington has. Because of McLaurin, who had a big game, they've got speed with Samuel and even Dotson, who didn't do much. But as the Eagles, you kind of have to honor that and respect that because you don't want them getting deep on you. Indy doesn't really have that. I also think that they, you know, Ryan can't really buy time in the pocket the way that Heineke could, right? He can move around a little bit back there. So I I think, you know, with that, Philly should be able to really, really gear in on Jonathan Taylor here. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to stop him, but I think they can definitely gear up to stop him and not really have to worry about it. I got to say this because this drives me nuts. And and I think I mentioned to you guys, this drives me nuts as a Bills fan. And it was literally a carbon copy with the Eagles. When you have a team that can score quickly, like the Eagles or the Bills, it drives me nuts nuts when these coordinators let them just four yards, four yards, four Mm -hmm. yards and control the time of possession because they're worried about getting beat. I don't understand that. If you get beat, big deal. Your offense is going to come back and score anyways. Don't let them run the ball for 42 minutes of the football game. I'll tell you why I love the Linval Joseph uh, pickup in this for this team. I don't know either what he has left, but what I do know is Fletcher Cox took a lot of heat after that game because you know fans were saying, oh, he was getting pushed around. The guy weighs 300 pounds and he played 71 snaps. That can't happen. That's it can't happen been, again, especially on a short week, man. You, you can't right. have that happen again. That, that's what I mean. So you've got to be able to rotate those guys in. And I think without Jordan Davis, as, as we mentioned there, we saw guys like Fletcher Cox get pushed around. And it's not because Fletcher Cox can't play football. It's because, you know, when you're that weight and you're playing that many snaps, you're, you're out of gas. You just can't do it. So I, you know, I like that pickup. I think that they are going to be able to gear in. So I, I'm going to say this. I think this game is playable minus six and a half for, for Philadelphia. I think their first half is playable. I think you can absolutely to tease them down because I don't see Philly losing this game back to back. And I also think you can look at a Philly team total um, because they are indoors. I think the elements are going to be there. Now, the one thing I would caution on that is, I think we need to make sure that A.J. Brown is healthy going into that game. I know he kind of tweaked his ankle at the beginning of, of the game against Washington. Didn't really look the same. Um, as long as he's healthy, I think they're going to light the scoreboard up in that game. At that point, I don't know. I mean, unless, again, the Colts can do something like Washington did, which is control the ball for 42 minutes of the game, they should score. But again, to your point, the Eagles scored points even with Washington controlling that much time in the game. So my my hope for your Eagles, for my Bills, your the defensive coordinators need to make adjustments on this, play differently with how they do that, because that's the only way that you do lose a game to the Colts if you're the Eagles right here, is if you just let them run four yards a pop for the entire freaking game. Hopefully they learn their lesson, uh, but I, I will go back and give this Eagles team, which has burned me the last two weeks, I will give them uh, another try here on a few different angles. Yeah, it's been two weeks in a row where the first half didn't get home. The first time I didn't even really notice because I was out and watching game five of the World Series. I was like, oh, I didn't win the bet. Sure. This week it hit me a little bit harder. It also felt, JJ, like I didn't watch the Eagles for about a month because there was a game on during the World Series. They had a bye week. They played the Steelers, and I watched about probably two-thirds of the game, but it was a blowout, so it felt like that they didn't play. 
for a long while. Yanni, I love everything yep. that you said there. The team total on the Eagles is is at what right now? 26-ish? 20, I believe it's, I think you can get a 26 and a half. I know you can get a 27 and a half. Okay. 27 and a half. Okay. 26 mm-hmm. and a half. I really like. And it's right. six and a half, JJ. I'm going to, I haven't done anything yeah. yet. I, I had a rough week in terms of sports bets <laughs> You're gun shy. in the You're NFL, gun shy. but I think I'm going to pull the trigger on the Eagles at six and a half before it goes back. Yeah, to I, li- seven. I like that for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with everything. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Yanni took all my talking points for this game, though. But other than that, that's what friends are for, JJ. It's really about, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what I really want to know is at what point does Las Vegas send the Raiders back to the Oakland Coliseum? Because this has to be a massive disappointment to finally get a team, and this is this is happening. Yep. If it was anywhere besides Vegas and they have that expensive ass stadium, I'd say maybe after ten years they'd go. Like if they would have moved back to LA or if they went to like. San Diego, then maybe, but they're not coming no. back from Vegas. Maybe the NFL will gift Oakland a team and they'll have Marshawn Lynch as the GM. <laughs> and that would I, be just perfect for the city of Oakland. So, so just to go back to last week's game, because that's, that's clearly the game uh, that we've seen out of Indy that I think has impressed us the most. And it's, it, they've gone back to Matt Ryan. We said all that. But when you watched it, at least what I was able to watch of it, I mean, Matt Ryan broke off like a 45-yard run in a crucial situation. That shouldn't happen. You know, I mean, I know that's not the only, you know, part of it, but that's like that that's not going to happen again. And it you also have to devalue the fact that the Raiders are just they have have mastered the art of collapsing in the second half. And (laughs) Yeah. It's I don't know I, I you hate to just totally diminish it because I actually do I look back at my last trailing six weeks with some of my stuff and compared to full season um, you know I do have any you know trended in the right direction but still still subpar by by any stretch of the imagination as opposed to Philly now when it comes to the brass tacks and the numbers I mean Philly I I I see as well as being you know still very strong and you know we talked about it all 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 in our top 5 power ratings and we're talking about separation of a few points uh you know three points maybe between all of those top 5 um so when you think about classes of teams and that 19 to 32 <laughs> classification that Indy should up. still be in yeah, six yeah. and a half I get it it's on the road but it's in a dome who cares who cares, right? And if the Eagles can come out, throw the ball around, just be pissed off. Yeah, it's a short week. Yeah, it's on the They're road. They're a much that's better the team. Only I mean, that's the that bottom give line. me a little bit of pause, and they have injuries. They have no Goddard. They do have you, no Jordan Davis. True, true. Do you do you have any lack of confidence in their in this coaching staff in that what their third year, second you know third season? I have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff minus Gannon, the defensive coordinator. I think that fair, he's got fair. to put it together a bit. Like but, he still has plenty like Yanni, of time to get it together. But like I, I said, they have one overall. job. That's they have it. One job this weekend. One job. That's so it. If, if Gannon can just focus on that, offense does its thing. Much better team. There you go. You cannot allow Jonathan Taylor to go. 22 carries for 147 yards and a touchdown like he did last week. Cause if you do that, guess what? The Eagles very well likely are not going to cover that spread. Let's move on. And hopefully the first two games there are, you know, my Eagles, Yanni's bills. Hopefully both teams can get right tasty. It's only fitting to go to your team next. We've got the Vikings. We've got the Cowboys. I think all intents and purposes, this is the game of the week right here. You've got the Cowboys coming into Minnesota. They are laying a point to it's actually a point and a half. Most places right now. I don't see any twos. I do see some flat expensive ones at 47 and a half. You have Kirk cousins. You have Dak Prescott tasty. Have you done anything with this game? You got to be feeling pretty good about Kirk cousins. Got to be feeling pretty good about the Vikings right here. One loss. Say that Jonathan Taylor thrashes the Eagles and the Vikings pull this out. Guess who's got the one seed right now. Tasty. So how are you feeling? Uh, the Packers? I don't, um, <laughs> not the no. Packers. Oh, it's not the Packers. It's not the okay. Packers. Have, There's I, still two games under 500. I have nightmares where somehow the Packers are, you know, actually like eight and two or whatever. Um, 
No, I haven't done anything with this game. And honestly, it feels a little bit straightforward to me. Um, I, I don't know what the hell was happening with the Cowboys last week. It just didn't look like the defense that we've seen most of the year. I'm going to just say that that's more fluky than anything. And I think we've seen forever now that what Kirk Cousins struggles with is pressure. And I think that the Cowboys front is going to be able to get after him and probably even the front four be able to get some pressure where they're still able to play good coverage. Now, I, I mean, I just said that I had the Vikings in my top five for power rankings, which is a massive step for me to say that. So I think that this game, I definitely can see paths for the Vikings to win. I mean, I think that the Cowboys offense has continued to sputter. Dak has made some bad decisions. Um, Tony Pollard has looked good and CeeDee Lamb had a good game last game, but they are a little bit more lacking in terms of weapons, I would say offensively. So I think the Vikings if they could give Cousins some time to throw and if they could get Dalvin Cook going, I could see them putting an up, up enough points to just win this game. I think um, it, it feels like the Vikings are moving in the right direction too. Like this is maybe not a good analogy for this podcast, but I like the UFC too. And one of the things they'll say with younger, younger fighters, if they're gone a while, is they'll say, hey, when they come back, they've probably made a ton of improvements. So they're going to look different. I feel like the Vikings are a team that, are making some improvements. And I think that they're a better team now than they were at the beginning of the season. And I think in four or five weeks, they're going to be a better team again. So even if they go out and lose to the Cowboys here, I don't think I'm going to be too down after the recent run that they've had. This just feels like a, a, a good spot for the Vikings to miss a kick at the end of the game and, and lose by two or something like that is kind of how I see this going. It does seem like after a big win, a game that they were not, for all intents and purposes, supposed to win, and the Cowboys having a head-scratching loss, it's like, okay, is that going to even out right here? Usually things do even out. We know that the Vikings do like those crippling losses at the end of the game. And Tasty, I felt like that as an Eagles fan up until 2018. So I, I felt the same exact way. I haven't done anything with this game yet. I think that the total is interesting too, but to your point, Kirk Cousins' weakness is – you know, if there is a pass rush, it's like, oh, okay, all of a sudden it's uh, fourth quarter and they're at seven, 10 points right now. You've seen that before, only one time this year in Philly. They are averaging, and I was actually shocked to see this pace of play in a neutral game state, Minnesota's number one. So they have an identity in terms of the quickest pace of play right now. I thought that you'd have the Chargers, the Eagles up there, Bills, Chiefs, all of those actually are up there. Those are two through five. But then the Vikings are at number one. Yanni, did you do anything with this game? Yeah, and it's not quite there, but you can still, I think, play it. I actually teased the Vikings up when they were plus two, up to plus eight. Um, You know, you can still obviously, I think, tease them up to plus seven and a half, uh, or, you know, if you're seeing the one and a halfs out there. Obviously, we've seen this Vikings team, they're playing close football games. Every one of their games, I believe, has been a one-score contest. Um, with the exception of that game against the Eagles. So, and I don't think they're going to get blown out like they did in that in that game. So I think that you've got to figure this spread is probably pretty accurate in the sense that, that Vegas is saying, this is a close football game. Both teams kind of have a shot to win here. Where do you go with it? So I think, you know, teasing them up at home makes sense to me here. Now, Tasty pointed it out. I, I am concerned with that Dallas pass rush, and I don't know, Tasty, you might know, but their left tackle, Minnesota's left tackle, Darisaw, left that game against Buffalo. I don't know what his status is for this week, but he's a quality left tackle, and when you're going up against that, that Dallas pass rush, not being full strength is not going to be a good thing, so do we see those Kirk Cousins-type mistakes? The one thing I really like here, though, is – I do think even though it was a little bit of a fluke with what Dallas did against Green Bay last week, I have not been all season very high on their secondary. They played pretty well throughout the year, but what I saw against Green Bay is a little more of what I expected out of their secondary. And after watching the performance that Justin Jefferson put on, it's like, man, they they could have some success if Cousins can get any time. I think you guys know, I think that Hawkinson acquisition was absolutely huge for Minnesota. I think as this season goes on, he's just going to get more and more implemented into these games and be more of a factor, which is, oh, by the way, going to allow Jefferson to still you know be able and, and get free and do those kind of things. So anyways, I 
here's where I, here's my final take on this here. I can't bet anything on this because I do think it's a coin flip. So other than teasing it, I can't do much because it's it, it kind of goes back to that regression or implied probability here where is Minnesota going to go 16 and one? Probably not. So where do they never know? (laughs) Yeah. You never know. I mean, it's not impossible, but, but again, I think this is a spot they're coming off of a huge emotional win. Um, Dallas is going to be a little bitter losing a game that they should have won and covered by the way, not that I'm bitter, but that's okay. Um, So, (laughs) you know, you've got kind of two different paths and there's one other thing to point out here. Um, I love, you guys know, I kind of love the, the psychology of sports here when it comes into betting. And I think what, what you guys like taste or deep, what you saw with the Eagles on Monday night, tasty, what you may see moving forward. And this is something that I've seen this year with the bills is when you get to the top of the mountain, you get everybody's best shot. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you have a team that might come in and say, Oh, we got a game against the Vikings. Well, now it's, Oh, you know, people are saying the Vikings might be the best team in the league. So all of a sudden you're getting their best shot. And I mean, I, to the Bills, you know, the Dolphins gave their coach a Gatorade bath when they won by two points at home. The Jets, you know, celebrated <laughs> like they won the Super Bowl because, again, they that was their Super Bowl. And, and I don't think it's quite the situation with the Cowboys because I think cow, the Cowboys are a little different as far as that goes. But I do think it's fair to put out that, that they're going to get, as long as they're at the top of the perch, they're going to get Dallas's best shot here. Um, and and that's tough because, you know, they're, they're playing to win this game with everything they got. So, that's a long-winded way of me saying I, I think the game could go either way. I think personally Minnesota is a better team than Dallas and they're at home, but that pass rush does scare me, and I just think this, the, the spot for Minnesota is not ideal here. I think to Tasty's point, Dallas wins this game by a field goal is, is kind of the way I'm looking at it. Sometimes it certainly comes down to the spot. I'm going to end up teasing the Vikings if I can get it to a decent number that's a really good point about you're at the top of the perch. Now you have one loss. You're tied for the best record in the NFL and not that Dallas needed any more motivation losing against another NFC North team on the road last week. I assume that Dallas went home, didn't spend the week there because it's pretty easy to go down the, to Texas to, then to come back up. That said, I think it's still a decent spot here. JJ, what's pretty interesting to me Turnovers forced in the NFL. The Eagles at number one in the NFL at 20. Minnesota right there at 18, number two in the NFL. That's interesting to me. And is that Justin Jefferson catch, the best catch that you've seen in the past 10 years? Wow. Last week, JJ. <laughs> yeah. Probably Sorry, pretty yeah, high Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. And I and I get it. You know, I mean, we were, you know, both my wife and I were kind of like in awe, but also discussed it at the same time. And no offense to you, Tasty. My father was actually a Vikings fan. So, um, I feel you know, I do like the Vikings, way. you know, typically. Sure just, you're tasty. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. But um, <laughs> I, I just don't know how, how you, you can't give a ton of respect for the skills and the hand strength and all that. I mean, uh, he plays over the top, too. So, I mean, just think about it. The, the hands playing over the top, just amazing. It, but I think you hit on the really the key to it, which is just another second, second and a half a time more for Kirk. And that could be, you know, one of the most deadly. It already is one of the most deadly duos. But in terms of really taking the Vikings and putting them in, you know, like to a number three power rating type of team, um, just a little bit of help from the offensive line could go a long way. Um, that yeah, being man. said, I completely agree with you guys, but I am in on Minnesota money line mm. um, at one fifteen. That's like I don't know, close to that now, but it's 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 sense um, difference, so it's not a real big deal there compared to what it is. And who knows? I mean, aren't we going to see at some point? Aren't you going to see Dallas money? So. If you like Minnesota, there's still that. If you want to tease it and win money like you guys, yeah. go for it. Otherwise, I'm probably just throwing throwing it away to that last-second field goal that you guys keep bringing up. So, Could definitely yeah, happen. The, the teasers have been super lucrative, so that's, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was good last weekend. <laughs> just lighting money weekend. on fire. Yeah, fair enough. No, no. Um, I think that this is interesting because I do think that this could be a game that we see in the playoffs. And if you had to ask sure. me of these two teams, if you forced me to pick a team that's going to go further in the NFL playoffs, I don't know why I said the NFL playoffs into the playoffs, I would 
say that I think that the Vikings have a better shot to go further. I think that they're going to have a better shot at home foot advantage. The Cowboys technically could still, but I think that this could be second round playoff preview right here. You could have the Vikes favored by, it might be this similar spread. It could be a pick and maybe the Vikings win by a field goal in that game. Tasty. If they do end up losing by a field goal here. So I'm going to tease this game and we'll be entertained and then we'll move on. And we're going to move on to Sunday Sunday night football. So I can try to get you guys out of here around nine o'clock Eastern Sunday night football. The, the chargers are on Sunday night football for the second week in a row. I do like watching the chargers and Herbert, but I don't like their decision-making in a lot of points of time, but the chargers are here against the chiefs. I think it's the chiefs more so driving this into Sunday night football, but the chiefs on the road in LA favored by five and a half, there are a couple sixes out there on Wednesday night, but five and a half for the most part over under, we're going to call it a flat 50. Sure. There is a 50 and a half at FanDuel right now, flat 50 Sunday night football chiefs are rolling right now. Uh, tasty. Did you do anything with this yet? Uh, nope. have not done anything with this and I don't know if I will. I mean, the Chargers at this point have to be desperate. Not that that maybe means anything. I'm not sure if they're they're good enough yet this year to do anything about it. Um, the the Chiefs definitely have been rolling. I mean that offense. If it's interesting with their their offense, it almost feels like they're a little bit bored at times to me. Um, where you don't know what kind of effort you're going to get from them, and that makes them a little bit harder to bet as well. I feel like if they came out and went you know, balls to the wall every game, they would put up, you know, I think they'd put up 30 plus 35, 42 points, but I don't trust that they're going to do that necessarily. I do think they had to like what they saw from Kadarius Tony, who thankfully I uh, picked up on one of my fantasy teams nice. before uh, he went off like that. Yeah. I don't talk about all the players I picked up who I just drop again because they're so bad, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> that. Not one. Important. Don't need no, to talk yeah, about, we don't need that to talk about them. Nah, just talk about the victories. But, but I do think with Hardman's injury, if Tony can step up and play like that and, and fill that sort of role, um, with the speed and agility and stuff, then I, I think that that is a big thing for Kansas City to not really lose anything. So I think this is a game that Kansas City should be able to win by 10 plus. But I, at this point in the season, as we get closer to the playoffs, if the games mean more to them, then maybe uh, I'd be more interested in Kansas City. But for now, I'm probably staying away. This is a stay away game. I... <laughs> It's it's crazy really? because the Chargers that that I I think should be a top ten offense in the NFL and I'm just going through all their stats and I'm like okay they're not top ten here they're not top ten here they're 22nd in yards per play at 5.2 and JJ at some point you just have to question it's like okay if this keeps on occurring for the Chargers and if they miss the playoffs this year again which totally could happen right like they're not a lock I do think that they make it but. I said that around this time last year also. It's like, do yeah. they need to get some better coaching staff, just a better infrastructure around Herbert? I didn't love earlier this year either that he had, what, that cracked rib cartilage. I don't think it was a cracked yeah, rib. But, yeah, yeah. And then he played third. It's like, just let this future MVP caliber talent you know, set out for a week or two and just rest up. JJ, I don't like what I'm seeing from the Chargers, but that being said – they're going to get up for this game. They're playing, you know, a team yeah. they, uh, you AFC know, at West. the top of the perch, you know. Yeah. Did, did you do yeah. anything? Is it an over? So, is it an under? Because you're usually pretty good at picking off those overs and unders. In these I don't have much this week favorite. on the totals. Oh, it's just right. really bothersome. I do have over in the Baltimore-Carolina game, 43 and a half. But right now, that's the that's only good total. Um no, I, I really can't get with the total in this one. I think I, I have trouble with how both of these teams are kind of like on opposite ends of this 50, um, in my opinion. And I can't make a strong call as to what is going to be the force that pushes it one way or another during the game. Like, what's yep. the overriding force and tone of the game? Um, but that being said, yeah, it's AFC West, um, hated they hate each other out there. It's pretty wild, but it's also Los Angeles. So, so, you know, what are we talking about in terms of that, you know, home field advantage? So it, it we've been talking about that for years now, but legitimately it's not a consideration. And does that raise, I, I, I kind of have 
the Chargers in that like nineteen to um, nineteen to thirty two group. To oh, be honest really? with you, oh, really? yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I can't get there. Um, the numbers just don't look good to me either in terms of some of the indicators. The problem is you're right. I mean, this is week eleven, and it's can't you know is Kansas City really is Andy Reid really pulling out all the stops right now? Um, you know, usually they need a game against the Chargers, but this is not such a situation. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned seeing that it's gone to five and a half. We actually it's moving down, just ticking down a little bit in the juice at Bookmaker right now. So, I mean, it's crazy to go from seven to five and a half. So that concerns me. You know, I don't feel like that's such a great deal when when it's moved off the seven through the six. Yeah, pretty difficult. And you could get a backdoor cover here. I'm just taking a Easily. look at more, more stats also. Like the Chargers, Yanni, are just in the middle of the pack or lower in that like 19 to 32 range for all of these stats, like in third down conversion percentage per game, middle of the road. They they don't really do anything that well. We saw these two teams play, and this is me being a shitty host, but we saw this game in what, week two, Yanni, or week three? that the Chargers, you know, were in that game. Some could say had that game. They were right there. And it's like, okay, they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. Should I look at some Chargers futures right now? And many people did say, okay, they went toe-to-toe. They could have had that game. I'm going to get some Chargers futures. Since that point, downhill for the Chargers. And they still have a solid overall record, but I don't think anybody here on this podcast tonight sold on the LA Chargers. Yanni? It's it's hard to be sold on them for sure, but I you know I probably factor in injuries more than anyone when I do my handicapping, and obviously this Chargers team has been decimated with injuries. And we talked about it a few weeks ago with the 49ers. We're not talking about uh, whatever a mediocre offensive guard that's out. We're talking about all pro caliber players, and you don't just replace Joey Bosa's and. You know, J.C. Jackson's, I know he wasn't playing well before he went out, but, you know, those guys are important players. So it's not like you're trading out an average guard for a slightly below average guard. You're trading out all pros for slightly below average players. That makes a big difference here. I The reason this game is on Sunday Night Football is because these two teams have played some really good games the last two years. Yep. Um, the Chargers do seem to know how to compete with the Chiefs. Whether or not that is a factor, like you guys said, where maybe the Chiefs are just not completely engaged and interested, I don't know. Here's the way I see this. Andy Reid is is generally going to be the better coach on the field in in most matchups, but I think against the Chargers, he's vastly the better coach here. I am not a Brandon Staley fan at all. I don't think he, I I just, I don't know. He's just, he's not my guy as far as coaches go. So I think the Chiefs have an advantage there. But really before I can do anything with this game, I think we got to see the injury report because the Chargers team, if you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field, all of a sudden this team is drastically different. I mean, think about it in these terms. If the Eagles take A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith off the field and you're playing with Quez Watkins and I don't know, Greg Ward, whoever else is is out there, what, what does that do to that offense? If the Vikings take Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen off the field and you're playing with K.J. Osborne and Jalen Rager, what does that do to your offense? So, you know, the fact that the Chargers have at least been competitive with Josh Palmer as their number one receiver and, uh, you know, whoever else, I mean, they were throwing guys out there that I'd never even heard of. And, you know, they're still playing competitive football. So I, I do think that if they're healthy, the Chargers are a viable force. I just don't know if they're going to be healthy. I think we have to wait and see, is Allen a possibility to finally come back? Is Mike Williams a possibility to come back? Because if they are, I think I think the Chargers are absolutely the play at that point. If they're not, I can't get on board with that because I don't think they're going to have enough firepower. Conversely, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster on the Chiefs, who my guess is he's probably going to miss this game. Um, although to, to Tasty's point, I think Kadarius Tony is the most talented weapon they have on that offense, not named Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Um, I think they, this is actually a blessing for them. If Smith Schuster and Hardman are a little banged up, cause I think it forces them to kind of get him in the lineup and they're going to be able to see what that guy can do. I think to me, he reminds me of a Tyree kill type of weapon with the way he can stretch defense, the different types of, you know, <clears throat> jet sweeps and things like that, that he can do. So anyways, I'm rambling about the chiefs here, but at the end of the day, I've got to see the injury report here. If the chargers have some key pieces back, I'm taking them. Um, if they don't, 
there's a good chance I would probably tease Kansas City. And again, I understand this is a road matchup and, and you know, teasers have not always been kind this season. Although the last two couple of weeks, we've gotten back on track with them. So I'm looking at teasing the Chiefs if the Chargers have a bad injury report. Um, if they have a good injury report, I'm probably taking the Chargers in the points here. I like it. Check the injury report. And Do I you think JJ that's... Off. No, no, I was just going to follow up with the audio about maybe that's what's what's pushed the the line down through the six. Maybe that maybe there's uh, positive news on the injury report in with the wide receivers there for the Chargers. Yeah, when when that line moved, my first thought was either there was good news regarding injury, or mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if, if some early sharp money people just thought, hey, these teams have played really close. We're gonna you know we're gonna take the points with the Chargers here. I, I don't know. Um, I did hear that it, and of course they've said this for the last two weeks, that Keenan Allen's close to coming back. Right, right, I, they said right. that two weeks ago, he's still not back. So I don't know. Mike Williams, they, I, I know they said they hope to have him back. He was stretching at the game last week, running some routes. Um, so, you know, again, if those two guys are out there, I think this game gets very competitive. I think it ends up being a close game. If they're not out there, I just don't think the Chargers have enough firepower at that point. Because, you know, the other thing, the Chargers can't run the football. The Chiefs have been pretty good stopping the run. Um, if they go one-dimensional and they're throwing to Josh Palmer, uh, and, and, and oh, by the way, Gerald Everett, their tight end is also out. So, you know, all of a sudden it's like, Jesus. where do they... Yeah, yeah, it's like, who are you throwing the ball to here? <laughs> that's it. Like, how, how do you keep up with the Chiefs? Even if the Chiefs have a, whatever, a 24-point offensive performance, wh- where are you getting points from if you're the Chargers there? So I got to wait and see what happens there. But that line movement was interesting. And, and again, I don't know if that's sharp money or if that has more to do with injury, but I think this is a game you basically have to wait until Sunday, uh, you know, to figure out. And I understand depending upon which side you're on, there may be some CLV that you've missed out on, or maybe it's a pass at that point. But I can't bet this game until I know a little better who's lining up, especially for the Chargers. Yep. Check the injury reports. You've got all day Sunday, Wednesday evening here. Release that Smith-Schuster expected to miss the game. Maybe that is driving a little bit of it. I didn't expect him to play, but it is um, pretty much official that he's not going to play in this game. And by official, I mean he could play the game and you never heard it on the wager rager podcast because I'd be wrong. <laughs> no, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that is weighing down on it a bit. It's down to five and a half. These two teams have played some awesome games in years, but I, I mean, they had that one game. It was the year that rivers was still there. It was like Christmas Eve or in that time period. And they were like 12 and four and they had like, an overtime win. I mean, it just goes back years and years that they've had it was some really the, entertaining game. Yeah. It was the year where the shot put was on point that, that <laughs> season. Yes. Yes. Because, <laughs> yes. like, you know, there was, you know, the, the season before that, he just looked, he just looked pathetic. And then I, I think I'm getting this right in my mind as far as the order, you know, like he, his mechanics were changing and all that. And he just looked kind of, it just wasn't right. And then it just kind of came out of nowhere that season, but. Yep, and they had that yeah. twelve and four year, and I couldn't even tell you what yeah. they did in the playoffs and who they lost to. I know that they didn't get to the Super Bowl though, because Rivers never got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with this game. It's just take a look at the injuries. It's going to be an extremely entertaining game. I think a lot of us expect the Chiefs to win this game, but the Chargers, time and time again, are in these games. Can they get it done if they get their guys back? Then maybe they can. So let's take a look at that one. I'm I'm not going to do anything with the over or under right now. If the Chargers have all those guys out, I'd I'd say, okay, how are the Chargers even going to get to 21 to 24 points, right? Because who are they throwing the ball to? And I don't like Staley either. To Yanni's point, Staley, it's – I don't get it. Yeah, but if they don't do anything this year, then you have to question if he's going to be there next year. So, all right. Well, we talked through a bunch of stuff here for more than an hour. Anything that I missed, Tasty? Is there anything that I missed that you should remind me of? Covered the Vikings. Yeah, covered Kirk man. Cousins. I don't know that there's anything to remind you of. I will just say there are a lot of attractive teaser lines if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. This is like teaser bonanza week. Ugh. This is te- it 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 scares me because teasers have not been great. Teasers have been better lately. 
Um, but we'll see what happens. There, there, there are so many teaser legs. So could do a whole another half an hour and all the teasers. And if we wanted to rank the teasers, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> because if you ask me to rank a top four to five teasers, I'm probably going to give you like 11 and you don't want that exercise. Happening. Yeah, just it's so like a, tell me what your top play is. And I give you 13. It's like, well, one of them's going to win. Right. Okay. Um, JJ. And Yanni, you've got bet crushers going on. JJ, you've got no more NASCAR for right now, right? So um, yeah, a little bit of a hiatus. Season's over. Doing some yep. baseball work in the offseason. Hopefully you can yeah. have my fighting fills ranked high next year, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. definitely. Looking forward to it, but it's football season, so it is kind of nice. But, it's football uh, yeah, season. Last Sunday was the first Sunday without a race uh, after the championship, so that was a little weird, but I instead Probably I a little just empty. watch my – Watch my bets lose for seven hours. Fantastic. <laughs> what better way to spend a Sunday than no NASCAR and just watch yourself get boat raced and fucked with your bets. Yanni's got plenty of articles coming out, plenty of good stuff. Justin Fields was your player of the week last week for DFS. I'm not going to even ask you to give the player of the week. I'm going to tell people to go to Bet Crushers and read your article and to take a look at all of your plays for this week. Player props have been more ups than downs, right? But Player props are always an interesting market. You usually have that coming out. Was it Friday or Saturday that your player prop articles out, Yanni? Uh, usually Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Wait for all the injury reports to play out, see what happens. And Tasty, plenty of good stuff going on as we're trying to um, do some nerd number crunching on the NBA. I think we're getting closer. <laughs> I think we're getting we closer. sure are. Yeah. I, I, I've started paying much more attention the last week to the NBA again, so – it reminds me how you got to kind of get a feel for things. And uh, I think that's coming. So we'll, we'll get to that soon. Definitely. We've got spreadsheets on top of spreadsheets and pivot tables. So fun stuff. <laughs> it, Kevin, it's Kevin Durant has a lot of really good teammates. I can tell you that. By <laughs> he, he has Thanks a for that tip, Yanni. That's a good. That's a hot tip. <laughs> he, he hates his team. Like I, I'm pretty sure that he, he's going to request another trade because he, basically threw them all under the bus, right? It said, okay, just take a look <laughs> at this roster and you're going to blame me if we lose. Like, okay, great They're team chemistry. stab him in the shower. Yeah, no doubt, man. <laughs> going to get all, ugly in Brooklyn. Like, I'm not it's passing like this motherfucker the ball. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, it's almost like when a, a team has a major superstar and you expect them to be able to win a few games. That's just unrealistic. You know, I don't know why he would think that. So It's pretty unrealistic when Ben Simmons is on your roster, just brick after brick. I think he actually put up 11 points last night and that was the high total he's had in two years so <laughs> ugly in brooklyn so with that being said all three of you appreciate it we'll talk real soon let's get some winning bets this week thanks take care all right see ya